and welcome back to Cage Fight, where it is a very, very special time of the week. You know, yeah. you know what time it is. You did, All right. right, partner. Let's get into Fred Durst Friday. Uh-huh. So take those fucking red baseball caps, turn it around, open up a nice, cold, refreshing glass of hot dog flavored water, and get yeah, ready daddy. for fucking Fred Durst Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can, can I just yeah. can I just interject? Go for it. I think this is maybe week four where you've suggested that we open up a glass of hot dog flavored water. <laughs> Fuck, whatever. Who cares? It's hot dog flavored hey, water. Some, I love it either way. The sometimes you gotta is, put a cover on a glass. Hey, make no. sure no bugs get in there. Yeah. That biscuit un- is fucked, dude. That's what I'm fucking I mean, talking you, about. You could open up a glass. It's just not the. Yeah, most in the era of coronavirus? It's smashing on your head. Break stuff. Yeah. <laughs> in the era of coronavirus, the best thing you can do with an open air glass is to put some saran wrap over it and stick uh, a straw through yeah. it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, a metal straw a re- or a reusable straw. <laughs> yeah. And listen, I put a lot of care into this intro, okay? Yeah. Clearly. Oh, I wasn't not going to care. I <laughs> no, you know what? Dave, we're going to fuck with your voice now. Yeah. That was yeah. fucked up. Yeah, man, fuck you. Fuck yeah, you. for now, Dave, you can only communicate in death growls and and uh, death core O's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this week we are going to be reviewing the two illustrious Fred Durst directed films. Uh, the first one is The Fanatic. So, Jess, would you like to get into the fanatic? Oh, oh, we're going to the fanatic yeah. first. Okay. Yeah. I thought we were going to do Charlie Banks first. Hold on here. I have to open the fanatic document. More like Charlie <laughs> Spanks. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie Spanks, Spanks yeah. off, dude. Come on. That's going right. to be the porn parody of this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good work, Dave. But uh, So the Fanatic came out in 2019, just last year, the year that we started this illustrious podcast. Yeah, the year of our Lord 2019, uh, the newest Fred Durst-directed project. This is the newest thing we have ever covered on Cage Yeah, <laughs> and um, I, I don't want to I don't want to get too ahead of the gun here, um, but since it's so fresh in my memory, um, yeah, I did make a list at the end of 2019 where I ranked uh, every 2019 movie that I watched. And uh, this movie, drum roll, uh, came in dead last. Yeah! <laughs> Out of how many? Yeah! Out of every 2019 movie, I've probably loved 40 movies. I don't know, 30. 50, 20, 30. Only I've, 30? I've been keeping track of exactly how many I watched, and I've watched I'll 73 le- this year. I, I've, I'll pull up my letterbox right now, you fucking whore. Oh, okay. oh shit. I should do that on letterbox. I do it in a notes document uh, on my phone. Yeah, yeah this, uh, this movie came out in 2019. 2019. Um, rated... It has seven different production companies or something like that. Yeah, I only noted a couple of them, but this is rated R, directed by Fred Durst, screenplay by David Beckerman and Fred Durst. So Fred Durst had a hand in writing it. Production companies were VMI Worldwide, Pretzel Fang, Primal Film LLC. Not related to Primal, the Nick Cage movie. It came out in the same year, though. Not not related to that at all. Media Finance Capital. That exists. That company... The name of Media Finance Capital is the most fucking, like, can you come up with a more generic name? Like, we have capital and we use it to finance media. media. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
and many more that I didn't know. Yes, because- also Red- Redbox, because this movie was exclusively distributed through Redbox for a while. Really? I didn't yes. I didn't realize that. I don't have trivia. And it was, I believe, the mind. first movie streamed on Redbox's streaming service. I didn't even know they had a streaming service. Yeah, they did. Uh, this movie is a runtime of 89 minutes, so it's a pretty typical hour and a half movie, or it used to be typical. Movies now are... I feel like movies until about like 10 years ago were average about an hour and a half. And now movies average about two hours or more. Yeah, yeah. movies are kind of long now. Which I sound like an old lady now. Movies so. used You're to be. You are an old yeah. bitch. Whatever yeah. happened to 85 minutes and my load's busted. Now, uh, the budget of this movie is not available online at all. But does anyone want to take a stab at what the box office gross was? <laughs> I'm going to guess this movie made about... God, I don't know. I'm going to say probably the per capita income of America. So like $35,000, I think. Yeah, I mean, Around. I believe the oh, the per capita income of of America is actually above the median income of America and sits somewhere in like the $58,000 range. The oh, that's, is somewhere that's in definitely the not per capita 000. income of America. Uh, yeah, um, um, I'm, I, I'm not going to cheat, but just for comparison um, – since this is a smash hit blockbuster, I want to see how much uh, other smash hit blockbusters um, from 2019 made. Um, so let's see. Black Panther. <laughs> uh, the live action Lion King movie uh, made $1.657 billion. So I'm going to say this one probably made $1.8. Damn. Uh, okay. That's what was. Okay. Wait, was the live action Lion King the highest grossing movie of 2019? I thought it was Black Panther. Or was Black Panther 2019 that was or 2018? That was 18? Lion King was not the highest grossing movie uh, of 2019, but I was just trying to think of uh, a smash blockbuster oh, yeah. from that movie. Uh, yeah, from that year. The Fanatic yeah. was. Yeah. 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 The well, Fanatic actually, was. Yeah. Fa- fanatic, everyone, everyone was a fanatic of the Fanatic. Exactly. Philly Fanatic watched this movie like a trillion times. Yeah, they um, actually, the reason they canceled baseball this year is because they used a stadium to play this movie now so. yeah absolutely absolutely the uh the actual box office gross of this movie was three thousand one hundred and fifty three dollars <laughs> <laughs> we haven't doubted the exact dollar amount um so that was the price that amazon prime bought it for to throw it up on their streaming service <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah this movie made literally no money until amazon's like yeah i'll give you a couple bucks We'll give you a I, we'll give you a month's uh, yeah. paycheck for a working class American. I think three thousand dollars wouldn't have even paid for craft services for this movie. <laughs> it wouldn't even pay like, for probably like one day of craft uh, services. It certainly wouldn't pay for John Travolta. No. Like uh, wouldn't even pay for his trailer for a day. <laughs> How did John Travolta end up in this movie? That's what I want to know. It's like, what fucking fuck? insane to me. It's like insane. I know I know John Travolta's at a point in his career where um He's kind of like off his rocker. Scientology has gotten all the way through to his mush brain. Mm-hmm. And but he's still like, you know, he still does stuff. Like he was on that OJ yeah. Simpson show or whatever. And the last he, he was in Gotti, the best movie ever. Oh yeah. The last I thing forgot I, about Gotti. <laughs> the I last thing I honestly that, remember I him in watch it. is kind of an old movie at this point, but it was the taking of Pelham one, two, three with uh, Denzel. Washington. Washington. I almost said Denzel Curry, which <laughs> it would have been really cool if Denzel Curry was in that. But Hell yeah. <laughs> I think Dave would have uh, liked it if it was Denzel Curry instead. Uh, and, uh, oh. <laughs> oh, damn, he's still romantized. Uh, not like a lot it. of people uh, know this movie. Um, it's kind of. I'm kind of a Denzel fan. Um, I'm kind of a fan of like lesser known indie movies. Um, I like to watch a lot of like movies that most people haven't seen and so i like very I really, unique i really like him in a movie uh called pulp fiction uh, oh okay. shit yeah. by uh quarantine Tarantino. 
Uh, quarantine. Yeah. How about, yeah, by quarantine, quarantine Tino? Yeah. Yeah, quarantine Tino. Uh, so that's what's a really good one. Um, quarantine uh, Tano here. Yeah, that's that's probably Travolta's most memorable oh role besides Saturday Night Fever. Um, forgetting about Greece, dude. Also, I, th- oh, I think you forgot yeah, him. Favorite on, movie, uh, favorite country. I think you forgot him on the the best Deftones album, Saturday Night Wrist, which was the sequel to Saturday Night yeah. Fever. Yeah. Um, but so Rotten Tomatoes, this movie got a 17% from critics. Oh, no. Poopy. 30% audience score. But guess what? This movie still had a higher critical response. That's paradise. Up. That's no, true. Not, it actually did. That's not. And it is up. kind of fucked up in terms no. of its depiction of autistic people. No, it's but, not. This movie is way better than Trapped in Paradise. Oh God. <laughs> um. Uh. But yeah, that's that's all I have for the general facts. Um. Do you have trivia, Mike? Or? Uh, I have a little bit of trivia. Oh, uh, actually, this first one is kind of interesting given the uh, premise of this movie. Devin Sawa played uh, Stan in the Stan video. Oh, yeah. Who's Devin Sawa? Uh, oh, he, who's the, the actor who played uh, the, the actor the, who that uh, fucking John Travolta stalking? Yeah. Oh. John Travolta is the Stan in this scenario. Oh, okay. Devin Sawa was the OG Stan. Ah. Um, Which I thought was re- it's a really fucking cool like piece of trivia. I loved that yeah. shit. Very interesting. Um, this movie has been reported as the worst movie opening of John Travolta's career. No surprise. Yeah, $3,000, absolutely. Yeah, $3,000 total box office grosses. That I mean, obviously, I don't think that's that can't take it. Well, no, because the only streaming service that's on is Amazon Prime and it's free on there. So, like, I mean, literally, I think they probably kept this thing open for like a weekend and they're like, hey, they opened up like one screen one weekend. I bet that was probably what fucking happened. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe even a single day of a screening, like seriously. Yeah, they should have. I mean, at least on the minimum for like uh, Oscar consideration. Um, but uh, Moose, the character that John Travolta plays uh, in this movie, is John Travolta's favorite character he has ever played. He what? said that. <laughs> I I need to find this interview because did John... he just say that to try and provoke this movie? I'm gonna say he likes yeah. that more than Vincent, or that was Vincent in Pulp Fiction, right? He, li- he likes that more uh, than the character he played in Greece or uh, Saturday Night Fever. Or a Battlefield Earth or what? Okay, Battlefield Earth. No, Battlefield Earth, that character was fucking awesome, all right? Yeah. Um, but he apparently took this role as a tribute to his autistic son, Jet, who passed away <gasps> oh! in 2009. Oh, my God. Are you kidding So me? he hates his dead autistic son so much. Oh, my God. That he... Uh, <laughs> He basically oh wants to mock God. everybody uh, this, that represents his son. This movie uh, is like Nazi eugenics level offensive to mentally challenge people. And this is the thing uh, that he did to honor his son. What yeah, the I mean, fuck? I suppose maybe just a depiction of an autistic person in a slightly, oh slightly, you know, like genuine and uh, unjunching manner would be a good thing on film. But this literally he's a crazed maniac he's yeah a he's crazed a crazed maniac who kills maniac. people and yeah. like what what the fuck um, <laughs> i feel really bad for his dead son yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, we want to talk about like, far-right <laughs> movies this is another far-right movie just by accident yeah jesus uh and uh, oh my the, God. the last piece of trivia i have is uh is a good f- fucking fred durst friday factoid that i didn't know oh fuck yeah dude uh, one of the celebrities that Moose comes across on the app Leah gives him is Tyler Durden. <laughs> um, really? And 
Fred Durst was a playable character in the critically panned yep. Fight Club video game. I did know that. that. In 1999. I, I did know didn't that. even know there was yep. a Fight Club Holy video shit. game. Yeah, there, there's, yeah. A, there's a Fight Club fighting game from like 2003, 2004 or something. And yeah, <laughs> if you Fred Durst as a character, the 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 unlockable character is literally Fred Durst. Yes. <laughs> so we, you know, we should we should we should have like weird. a Twitch we should have a Twitch stream at some point where we just play the Fight Club video Hell game as yeah. Fred. Durst. First of all, a Fight Club video game is just it, it's just a fighting game. That's all it is. It's just a I, bad fighting game. I guess game. it's a fighting game, but like, what the fucking that God? That's so stupid. I'm sorry. Like, it's, I, it's no, one of those fuck games. you. I think a Fight Club video game where you get to play Fred Durst is literally the most Fight Club thing in existence. It's uh, one of you know one of those video games that like dumb people uh, play to feel smart. Yeah. By the way, by the way, the the idea of like a really dumbed down like quasi fascist like anti consumerist media and the guy uh, the main like the unlockable character is like was like the symbol of consumerist culture in the well, early two thousand. Here's the thing about Fight Club in terms of like the fascism is at least I think the movie directed by Finchner is like a Oh, you mean David Fincher? Oh, yeah, David Fincher. Fincher. Yeah, Fincher, sorry. But yeah, is um, I feel like it's uh, it's a send up of it. You're not supposed to at the end of it identify with the fascist aspects to it, but you're supposed to understand how it can draw a person in. I, I think, but I think it's, I think it's one of those. Looking at like the way Chuck Palahniuk, the author of the book, uh, talks in a lot of things, makes me think that that guy is actually kind of an honest to god fascist. Well, sometimes. so that's the thing. But I think, I think in a lot of like parody and like. Uh, you know, like when people try to parody something, I, I think that I think that they did it in a very poor way because I don't I've never met a single person who watched Fight Club and was like, oh, yeah, they're bad. Like Tyler mm. Durden's a bad person. It's like, it, I mean, that might be the point, but like well, no one me. no one got that message. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, maybe class conscious people get it, but like okay. most people don't get that. Ta- ta- talking about to- fucking uh, fascist movies, let's get into the plot synopsis <laughs> of the fanatic. Getting into a plot summary here, it opens with a quote, you are a fan, without you I am nothing, which we will hear in this movie. It is a quote from Hunter Dunbar, which after I saw that quote, I googled it, I was like, I've never heard of Hunter Dunbar. And I was like, oh. He's the guy who yeah, made uh, Fear uh, and Loathing the- in Las Vegas. Also <laughs> the idea of opening your film with a quote from the character is a weird stylistic choice. Yeah. I've never seen that before in my life. I've never seen that before ever. It's fucking weird um usually movies start with like a george w bush quote yeah right it's like they have a saying in texas sometimes tennessee sometimes in texas but uh john travolta plays a character named moose in this movie who is an autistic man who i'm not sure what age exactly he's supposed to be his friends seem to be like maybe in their late 20s but like john travolta is obviously at this and, point in his 50s i believe and, and his character the thing about also uh, <laughs> no work to make him look younger other than oh yeah he has a backpack and a bowl cut the, th- the thing about this character is i genuinely don't know if they're trying to make him autistic or mentally challenged or both i honestly couldn't tell yeah it feels Autistic to me because I, it's I think more it about like social interactions he can't really understand than it is about like you know I, I mean, kind know. of too but that that's also like a common and I, trait I'm not of, like, an expert like, on autism or any sort of mental disabilities so like don't uh, but he also to me he also had a lot I'm of like mentally challenged like ticks like most people most autistic people who are high functioning enough to live on their own like yeah. John Travolta is aren't that like socially deficient they're right. usually not. Um, so but maybe I, he's not high functioning. Maybe well, I mean, the fact of the matter is that the fact that like he doesn't have any kind of like caretaker or anything like they they, they never indicate true. he has a caretaker. So like my whole thing is that if they're trying to portray him as like autistic, they did a really bad job. Horrible yeah. job. 
I don't know. Like I said, I'm not well versed in autism or anything like that. So, and uh, but really... I do feel that this movie is rather offensive to autistic. Oh, people. it is. Yeah, I will say that. I, I do think that they tried to make him autistic, but they just made him more mentally challenged. Than yeah, autistic. I think they, they really just wanted to make him seem like slow without ever explicitly stating like what his deal is but you are able to glean enough that it's uh pretty offensive (laughs) boy is it offensive he is a huge fan of hunter dunbar a horror and action movie actor and uh enough to buy his merch constantly yeah enough to constantly buy his merch with money he doesn't even have he buys it on like loans um but uh hunter dunbar is apparently going to be at a party at like a fancy bar and John Travolta finds this out from like his friend who is a, a paparazzo. Uh, I don't know what her name is. Yeah, her I, name is, uh, I think, Peter Paparazzo. Peter Paparazzo. Okay. Peter Paparazzo. Yeah, um, sounds about right. But uh, with her help, he sneaks into the party in an attempt to meet Dunbar and get his autograph, but he's thrown out by security because of his, uh, the way Autism. he acts. But um, also... Yeah, it's, it's discrimination. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck? This is some straight-up fucking Urkel shit. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get over that David is still doing that. Hey, that. he has to. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's a rare condition. <laughs> that was actually pretty beautiful. But apparently Travolta's job, or the way he makes money, is he rolls around the city in a Scotland Yard uniform yeah. like He's rambling random, yeah, rambling like random British things uh but I, oh. I don't understand it. I, no, I, it's weird. Yeah, he's he's like one of those like weird Hollywood Boulevard like street barker people. Yeah, yeah. He's basically couldn't well, afford those buskers. A, yeah, yeah. Those he couldn't cool. afford an Elmo costume, so uh, his shtick is. That I guess a, I haven't been around Hollywood that much, but the time I was there, I I never saw any shit like that. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's really common in places that are like massive tourist attractions, like yeah. like Hollywood Boulevard or like Times Square and shit. And to like be that. fair, like uh, when you. V- actually visit Hollywood, uh, most of the attractions are like a turd on the sidewalk. Right? <laughs> Hollywood or, is an yeah. awful place to or, visit. Yeah. Like, there's there's nothing to see there, and it's gross and <laughs> bad. Or like a used condom on Bette Midler's star. Seriously. <laughs> like, that, it's... Hollywood is not a glad like, and I'm not I'm not talking in the grand scheme of things. I mean, like Hollywood Boulevard is a dirty, gross place. To <laughs> I bet it is. This is reminding me of a System of a Down song. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hollywood. I love it. Smoking fags out there. Hollywood Boulevard. Boulevard. Uh, yeah, um, washed up Hollywood. Mm. I used to think he was saying wash the Hollywood. Mm. I was like, what does that have to do with anything? But he's well, saying, the Hollywood is me because I'm in like Polly and oh, I, yeah. I get wood. Look at Hollywood. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. hum to yourself as you're jacking off. Look <laughs> at all <laughs> them bags Pollywood. to stay. Um, but so. Phony people come to pray. It's a great song, dude. Oh, I love that song. I love that song. The, the harmonies on it are beautiful. Yeah. And like when uh, Serge is sound. Darren and Serge. <laughs> it's we can all bond over system. Yeah, I love system. Let's do a system. Let's do an entire podcast just devoted to system. We, we, do, right. we can do a system of a down Saturday. Um yeah. Hell yeah. Armenian genocide Wednesday. <laughs> hey. But um there's a uh, an illusionist me singing. By the way. <laughs> oh, not me though. You can keep me singing. <laughs> During his uh, street barking, there's an illusionist who does like street magic, mainly to create a distraction while another guy steals the wallets of the crowd. And like, um, dude, doing like a uh, Stevo shit. 
Like, yeah. what is he doing? I, I, I don't know. His magic, like, isn't magic. It's just, like, I just pretended to shove a nail through my nose. Like I said, like I said, like Steve-O and Johnny Knoxville shit. Like, that's all it is. Like, I stapled my, te- my nutsack to my I leg. made an alligator eat a steak out of my ass. But, uh... That guy keeps, and a dog bite my ball sack. I don't know. I'm just like uh, that guy keeps trying to get uh, Travolta to join him and like steal wallets with him, and it's like, yes, do it. <laughs> join the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish Ian McDermott was that guy. He's yeah, cooler. Hell yeah. But uh, um, Travolta eventually sees Dunbar at like an autograph signing at a local nerd memorabilia store. But when it comes to Travolta's turn to get his stuff signed, Dunbar is called outside by his ex-wife, who is very mad because Dunbar is supposed to watch their kid that night. Uh, Travolta, like, asks for his autograph while Dunbar is talking to his wife, and Dunbar basically says, like, fuck off. Like, just fuck off. Never meet your heroes. Never meet your heroes. Travolta's paparazzo friend tips him off to an app that displays where celebrities live. It's like those old star maps, but in yeah, app the form the, now. the guy who founded Gawker literally called it a, a like a stalker app for celebrities. <laughs> oh damn! Yeah, huh. not as but, good uh, as uh, is it Raya the the Tinder for celebrities? Mm, um, okay. Kind of the same thing, except for you get damn. your fucking dick sucked by katie holmes oh hey. yeah dude or like or like you just meet a random like a hollywood executive and you put your child up there and they get molested yeah i mean <laughs> but uh using that travolta finds dunbar's address and writes a letter to dunbar asking him for an autograph and apologizing for annoying him then he goes there to hand deliver it uh but while he's waiting outside the gates dunbar walks up with his kid and uh, sees Travolta outside and just acts like an asshole to him. Like, get the fuck out of here. I don't fucking want you around here. How'd you find my fucking neighborhood? Fuck off. Which, guess and what? Even though that might have been an asshole thing in Russia. Like, imagine, like, you're, you're a Hollywood celebrity. <laughs> like, and you get fucking, like, stalked all the time. And you have just this. This fucking guy, this gigantic man, uh-huh. come at you like that? I'd be fucking terrified, yeah, too. Yeah, that haircut? Yeah. I'd be oh, like, I'd get be the fuck out of here. Yeah, mentally I, challenged? Like, what the fuck? And, <laughs> and, he's, <laughs> and he's, he's with his kid, uh, yeah. which is like, he's probably more or less just trying to protect his kid from like some, what he assumes is some crazy stalker. Yeah, and guess uh, what? He is a crazy stalker. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. I am not a stalker. That, wait, yeah. that comes later. That but, was good. I am not a stalker. That was a good impression of <laughs> Moose. Yeah. But um, later after that, Travolta then ends up breaking into Dunbar's house by hopping the fence. Uh, and, like, the housekeeping staff there, uh, the, the maid, sees him and tells him to leave, but he leaves the envelope behind on, like, a rock and leaves. After this, like, we see that, uh, you know, there's, like, a security guard who has seen, like, the illusionist guy, like, pushing around Travolta for whatever reason he is. I guess the guy's like, I didn't get all of my bullying out in high school, and I'm going to do it to this guy now. Uh, But that's what the illusionist does. And the security guy's like, you got to stand up for yourself. Well, we finally see Travolta snap on weird idiot illusionist man and just, like, shove him and be like, go away! Um, I'm sorry, that was... I don't know. No, that, that was about yelling. that was, sounds about I'm right. I'm trying to yell without actually yelling so I don't distort the mic. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing, right? It, like 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 talk about uh Fred Durst has in common with Steven Spielberg or not Steven Spielberg, uh, Stephen King is that they also use black people as uh empowering figures for white people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like a magical black man. But, yeah. <laughs> um, afterwards we see that uh Travolta again 
breaks into Dunbar's house and uh, the maid is there, sees him and like walks outside and is like, get out of here and begins like swatting him in terror. He hits her and she falls back and hits her head on the water fountain and dies. And also a minor plot point as well. The the maid is having a bit of a, a tryst with. Oh, yeah. Hunter she's Dunbar, having an affair, which with will co- which will come importantly later. Yeah. After that, Travolta goes into the house Apparently not knowing that she's dead, I can't tell because he was saying things like, you know, oh, it looks like you got a nosebleed. You got to get that treated. Well, okay. Um, And he just kind of hangs out and goes through all of Dunbar's stuff. And, um, and like makes out, like uses his toothbrush and yeah, shit. Yeah, he just some uses his toothbrush, yeah. does some weird things. But uh, once Dunbar arrives home with his son and after Dunbar goes home to sleep, Travolta kind of comes out of hiding, takes a photo with Dunbar as he's sleeping like, kisses him on the forehead and then, like, sits down next to him as Dunbar sleeps, even, like, puts a blanket on him. Um, Just a real big sweetheart, Moose big, is. Big sweetie. He's got yeah. a big heart. After That's murdering that maid. Yeah, because he has uh, an enlarged heart. He's going to die very soon. <laughs> Travolta sneaks out of the house before Dunbar wakes up. But as he's walking away, Dunbar goes out in his car with his kid where he's playing Limp Bizkit and talking about how he loved Limp Bizkit back yeah, in the day. Yeah, specifically the unquestionable truth part one. Yeah. Specifically. Which I feel like Fred Durst is like, no one mentions this part of my career. I'm going to bring it's it up. It's good. I'm telling but, you. But, you know, I, I do got to say that that The Unquestionable Truth is not that bad. No, I like The, the Unquestionable guitar Truth is all right. It. Yeah. It's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. I um, think it's probably the most – one of the best things West Borland ever did with Limp Bizkit. Basically, as Dunbar's driving away, he sees Travolta again and, and gets out of his car and is like, what are you fucking doing in my neighborhood? Never come to my neighborhood again, you fucking stalker. And Travolta gets mad and says, I am not a stalker, yells it at him. Uh, at this point, I'm wondering – how has no one noticed the maid's dead body just laying in the backyard? No, honestly, that was a huge plot hole, and, and it, will, it will come in like will come into importance later. But like, yeah, how the fuck did nobody notice this? Yeah, I, I wonder that for the like the whole rest of the movie. They and probably it, just thought she had a nosebleed. Yeah. Well, especially considering this, like the the movie takes place like a couple days in between that too. It's like, did he not notice that the plants weren't being taken care of for like two or three days? Yeah, like what the fuck? Well, he had don't a understand. separate gardener, I think, and it's implied that the gardener finds the body. But um, but anyways, yeah, let's mm-hmm. yeah. But, uh, you know, that night Travolta burns all of his Dunbar memorabilia and he hate watches a Dunbar movie while like yelling at it about how stupid it is. It's like, you're not real! Um, None of this is real! His uh, paparazzo friend confronts him about how he posted photos on social media of him and a sleeping Hunter Dunbar and he just angrily throws her out. And uh, some unspecified amount of time later, but it's applied to at least be like another day or later or something like that. He breaks into Dunbar's house again and ties him up with like paper towels stuffed in his mouth. And he does a bunch of movie stunts and props to him. And is like, haha, look at this. I do jokey things to you, Mr. Hunter Dunbar, while you're tied up in your bed and vulnerable to me. And probably We're terrified. Yeah, and terrified. <laughs> and, um... Dunbar kind of like uses his acting skills to kind of uh, finesse his way into me. And yeah, like, make, make him like buddies. Listen, we do a lot of visualization, so close your eyes. Yeah. And then he's able to get out of there, and he just fucks Josh yeah. Volta. And up. then just immediately picks up a gun that he just had, like a shot, a sawed-off shotgun that he just has and right by his bed. Blows his fingers <laughs> off. Yeah, shoots his fucking hand <laughs> off, and then proceeds to basically torture Travolta with the gun yeah. and stabs him in the eye. Yes, yeah, so that scene was fucking. Nuts! You see John Travolta's eye just goes ah, like blood's coming out of his eye. And you know what? Honestly, they they actually cut a scene prior to that 
where um, Hunter Dunbar uh, sewed his mouth shut and made him shake his butt because he's Hitler, Swayze, Trump, and Travolta. You don't get a Mr. Bungle reference, man. Fuck you. We're supposed to be doing uh, Mike Patton bracket at some point. You don't get a Mr. Bungle reference. Uh, yeah, sorry, uh, I was I just uh, – my brain doesn't work. Today. <laughs> so it's okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, pretty much immediately after Dunbar does all that torturing, which I feel like is – Weird. I I feel like anyone in that respect probably wouldn't just torture someone and let them out half alive. They would just fucking kill them. Yeah, that was, that I mean? made no sense. But, I don't understand what they're trying to imply with that. Yeah. But um, like there wasn't a character arc. He's just like, all right, I'm done torturing you now. You can leave. Yeah, like, Dunbar. What? He what? apparently just oh. looks at it and he seems to be like kind of shocked and disgusted by what he's just done. And also um, uh, deafened John Travolta because he shot two shotgun blasts near his ears. He's oh yeah, holding well, his ears too. So yeah, well, you shoot a shotgun indoors and everyone goes deaf. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, but if that's a thing that's never addressed in the movies, uh, the the hearing loss that would occur from firearms being fired indoors, which but, the movie's uh, very realistic if you think about yeah. it. <laughs> but um, he personally gets Travolta bandaged up and then send him outside. And uh, pretty soon afterwards, like Dunbar's gardener shows up and finds the maid's body, I think is implied. And Dunbar is arrested on suspicion of having killed his maid. John Travolta walks free, but albeit fucked up and mutilated from what Dunbar did to him. And uh, as he's walking away down Hollywood Boulevard, his paparazzi friend sees him and, like, consoles him and is nice to him. And that's it. And and that is the movie. Oh, that is how the movie ends. The Another ending. weird thing I got to say is, um, for some reason, his, his photographer paparazzi friend, she narrates the movie. Yeah. And that's weird. I don't understand why. I don't get it either. Because she's not really, like, intimately aware of the situation at all. No. She's like a... It's yeah. not like she was there, knew what was going on, really. Yeah, so, and honestly, uh, this movie was fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. This movie it's is insane. Wild. I love it. I love it, but this movie's insane. It's wild. Yeah. It's uh, wild especially, especially the scenes where Hunter Dunbar is torturing uh, Moose. I was, like, crying laughing by how horrific it was. Like, it's, it was yeah. horrifically violent. Like <laughs> It was really fucking violent. Especially when he, especially the, the fingers and then his stabbed him in the eye, like, yeah, especially there's like a weird cut between when he stabs him in the eye and when he takes the knife out. It's really jarring, and then you just see the blood coming out of his eye, and you're like, "What though?" Oh yeah, what? when when he stabs him in the eye, I did like cringe. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like, like oof. Oh yeah, it's like a real oof the, moment. It's it's well done, especially by how visceral, and obviously that. of course by just how viscerally like mm-hmm. Moose takes it. Like it is genuinely a very like disturbing moment in the yeah, movie for sure. Um, um, and some some other fun points that I had. Moose's apartment's really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I didn't pay that. Oh, he's got like a like it. a cool man cave. Oh, he's got yeah. like a popcorn machine and like horror movie posters everywhere and cool horror movie memorabilia. He's fucking living. Yeah. Hell yeah. How though? It's Los Angeles, uh, and he makes no money doing his poppy quark routine. Well, it's that's just a typical thing in movies and especially sitcoms. People live in just homes that are completely unrealistic. Oh, yeah. No, I, I know it's Hollywood, but it's just funny to think like, how's he paying for that? <laughs> especially by himself, because he doesn't. He clearly doesn't live with anyone else. Yeah, and he's fucking buying movie props on top of it all. Yeah, it's... and even even if he's like you know, uh, I mean, of course he is you know mentally challenged, so he's getting some sort of probably SSDI payment. Even then, most SSDI DI payments top out at like eleven hundred dollars a month. That ain't shit, especially in yeah. a place like LA. Yeah, definitely. Unless like he's got like a mom somewhere. He's like, oh, I'll give you a couple hundred bucks a month to live somewhere sunny, as long as you don't yeah, stalk any of my friends. <laughs> there's no real explanation uh, as to. I mean, I, I I don't remember exactly, but I, 
his his family dynamic is not really explained. I think he's like just like a lonely, depressed. I don't think he has any family to be honest. Yeah, doesn't seem Um, like it. He's also got a bomb ass moped. He's fucking. Um, and, And his mullet is cool as shit. Oh yeah. One thing I will say is that uh, there are like occasionally as like interstitials between scenes. There's like some drawings or animations that pop up. And I was going to mention kind of cool yeah. and interesting. They are. I but like they, them. They I don't like really them, fit at all. They don't really fit. I feel like they could fit in a different movie if this was cut a little differently. But um, but my thoughts on this movie are actually kind of similar to what I was thinking on the long shots. Like um, it's. It's well directed. Like it's clear yeah. that like the the camera choices are good. It's pretty like suspenseful. It's just like that the writing and the plot are not good. And the performances <laughs> you know I mean? are just baffling. Yeah. Like yeah. once again, and and I was gonna mention this earlier about uh, you know, John Travolta's you know sort of mental whatever he whatever they're trying to portray as either autism or either being mentally challenged or not. But I do feel like his level of like social understanding is so low that there's no way somebody like that would be able to function without a caretaker. Yeah. Like there's no way. So I do think that he's he's probably mentally challenged and just not being properly taken care of by the state. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, I remember feeling like there was a lot of aspects of this movie that um, I would have found like thrilling or enjoyable if it wasn't for the simple fact that like you're supposed to be like just nodding along with the fact that a mentally challenged guy is just like left unchecked and going insane. Yeah. Yeah. A neurodivergent person is just fucking, you know, like being a terrible person and shit like that. Yeah. Like like I said, I think this movie is a very offensive and horrible portrayal of mentally yeah. challenged people like in in a way that like i said is like borderline like nazi propaganda like it's really bad especially considering like somebody like john travolta's character would be the victim of somebody like moose instead of moose being that type of person yeah generally this is a common trope throughout most hollywood movies though that i will say oh, I, yeah. they are usually in movies portrayed as people to be scared of people who are adre- uh, aggressors and generally in society they are the victims of violence far 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 more often than mm-hmm. they are absolutely the perpetrators and um i don't know that that's fucked up and, and just the fact that john travolta did this to honor his dead autistic son is a fucking disgusting it, like yeah. it, 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 it's it, insane. If, to me. If, if, if this is what you took away from your son's life, then you're a piece of shit, John Travolta. I'm sorry. Like this is yeah, bad. It doesn't yeah. make me feel good about the parent, you know, child relationship if, that was going on there. If he truly feels that depicting this character has given him like a deeper understanding of what his son was going through, then Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And what was it like before this movie too? Right. And, yeah. And the fact that his uh, son isn't alive to tell his dad that like, that this is fucked, dude. How old was his son when he died? I, I'm not sure. I think he was, was a teenager if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think he was young. like 14 or something. Uh, it was in 2009. And of course, you know, knowing what Scientologists believe too, he didn't want his son to get any fucking mental health treatment Yeah, oh too. yeah, no. Oh yeah. Yeah, they, they fucking hate therapy. Um, I wonder why. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I honestly did like this movie just because of how just horrifically like gratuitous and offensive it was just like an <laughs> ironic liking. Um, but yeah, no, I, I will agree, though, that even though this movie has, has themes are very problematic, it is well directed, I will say. And the lighting choices are good. I like the, the sort of shot composition in a lot of ways. Like this is like a solidly made movie. Yeah, it's just performances are bad. Yeah, particularly right. John Travolta. Like this would be a good movie if it weren't for the writing and 
John Travolta's choice of performance. And Hunter Dunbar does feel a little over the top aggressive sometimes. Like For sure. I don't yeah, feel like yeah. a person would actually behave like that. You know well, what I mean? I think somebody who's probably just so sick of like having to do the fucking whole Hollywood shtick and is probably going through a lot of bullshit in his own life would probably have that level of like, dude, fuck fucking come on, dude. And then after a while would we'll just snap after a while. Right. Yeah. So, and, like, and obviously not to the point where he's literally torturing a fan, but you know. Right. And I'm. I mean, I'm all for. Uh. You, you know, I like uh, overtly violent movies. Uh. And I'm all for a, a movie that's about uh, some guy going off the handle and uh, stalking somebody and getting messed Just up. Just getting owned. Yeah. But there has to be something. Uh. uh you know, other than th- even no explanation of like why he just like goes off and decides to kidnap somebody is better than oh, yeah because he... that was the thing i feel like the escalation between him kidnapping hunter dunbar and then hunter dunbar torturing him nearly to death there was no justifiable like escalation for that at all right <laughs> like there's like one moment it's like yeah you know you're kind of a dick and you, you know fuck you i don't want you being near my kid and then he's like you know what? i don't like your movies anymore and then five minutes later they're just horrifically torturing each other <laughs> what the fuck yeah so just watch misery instead i guess yeah, yeah misery know, is probably a better yeah movie for this type of thing but. um you know i will say another fun fact uh is that fred durst allegedly based the portrayal of a moose after a stalker he had ah and that stalker of course was uh john travolta i was gonna say dave okay. <laughs> no it was dave yeah it was dave fuck <laughs> you <laughs> man fuck you man fuck you um, man fuck you stalker i'm gonna make a movie about you yeah that's kind of all i have to say about the fanatic but uh um, yeah i will say if you're if you're in the mood for watching uh, a movie that will make you laugh out loud and probably give you a quasi mental breakdown this is a good movie for you to watch yeah and if you also just love fred durst then watch this movie because this is a very fred durst movie too if you have like any autistic children and you just kind of want a window into their their experience um just check it out (laughs) i will say um that uh on january Second, 2009, Jet Travolta died at the age of 16 while on a Christmas vacation in the Bahamas. Oh, jeez. And I hope um, uh, it was a Christmas vacation akin to National Lampoon's <laughs> Christmas vacation, except for... Well, in that case, they were literally, the literally trapped in paradise because uh, Bahamas, I've heard, is very beautiful. Bahamas, very beautiful and not uh, a place where you're going to want to have to like extradite your child's body. So Yeah. From, uh, uh, what I've heard about Bahamas, uh, Bermuda, Bahama. Come, come on, on, baby, come mama. mama. Now that's a Mr. Bungle Key Largo. <laughs> yes, that was yeah. Key Largo, Montego. John Travolta's hero is his dead little son. <laughs> Who Damn. he portrayed. <laughs> Goddamn. No, basically, uh, oh out. my god, all right. So, are we ready to get into the next film? Yes, yes. Um, so the next one this came out on uh, August 25th, 1998. Um, oh no, it, it didn't, yeah. Uh, no, it was uh, it was produced by uh, Education Charlie Chung Banks King, came out like- <laughs> RPM, oh. Sony Music, uh, The Hit Factory, Right, right Tracks, Perfect Pair, Marley Music Inc., Tough, Tough Gang, um. It's a length, a runtime of uh, 69 minutes, 20 seconds. Um, it's genres of neo soul, R&B, hip hop. Oh. Um, you know, it had some uh, 
You know, you know, just the, I, the, the big singles were like X Factor and Doo-Wop, that thing. And uh, just can, can, do, do you mind if I interrupt real quick? I think you are discussing the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Uh, no, we're oh. talking about we're talking about the education of Charlie Banks. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you uh, want to combine the two, we could uh, discuss uh, the education of Sarah Banks. What's uh, my what's favorite I mean, porn star. So yeah, well, but wait, hold on. Well, it's maybe a common some misconception of my... because Wyclef Jean was a big fan of, you know, big supporter of this album and uh, the movie that we're discussing. Yeah, I was gonna. I don't know if you know, but uh, Wyclef Jean actually played John Ritter's character in this movie. Wyclef Jean Ritter. That's <laughs> yeah. um, maybe maybe some of my notes still work here. I, it debuted at number one in the Billboard 200. No, um, Jess, no, Jess, you're wrong. Cool. Uh, but uh, I, li- listen, that thing, that thing, that thing. You know, Jess, I know you'd rather talk about that, but unfortunately, Fred Durst had nothing to do with that album. So <laughs> okay. today, not even a feature. We're going to be talking about the Jesse Eisenberg and John Ritter film, The Education of Charlie Banks, yes. directed by Fred Durst. Yeah. Okay, so I do have. Food and chop. <laughs> God damn it. This is actually on the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Uh, trying to fill into my veins. Uh, look it up. <laughs> yeah, it's in the... the uh, she released the director's cut. And, and listen, Jess, I knew that... This is just going to go on for a while, I think. <laughs> so basically, when Lauren Hill isn't showing up late for her concerts or not at all, she's watching The Education of Charlie. <laughs> and I will say, I know, like I said, Jess, I know you wanted to talk about The Miseducation of Lauren Hill because I know you wanted to talk about something worse than The Education oh, of Charlie Banks. Oh, Rough. So, rough. Uh, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just going to disregard that. Hot <laughs> garbage take. Uh, oh, listen, it's a good take. No, it's not. <laughs> Actually, Miseducation Lauren Hill's. Uh, well, well, we'll get into it. But let's say I love the Miseducation Lauren Hill. And this is also a movie. It's a good movie. Uh, or it's a good album. Uh, the Education <laughs> of Charlie Banks uh, came out in the year 2007. It was rated R. For doo-wopping too hard. <laughs> and also for John Ritter's ass. Ooh. Uh, directed by Fred ass. Durst. Written by Peter Elkoff. Damn, son, where'd you get this ass? Ooh. Um, there Ritter. is no production company associated, but the producers were Marissa Polvino and Peter Elkoff, the writer. You really think they could have got one of the 30 production companies from The Fanatic to you know, just <laughs> hop on over to this Just project. get like one, yeah. I mean, or at least a streaming service so we could actually find a possible copy of this movie. Because the fun fact for the audience, this was the hardest I'd ever had to find a fucking film for this show. This By a lot. movie does not exist anywhere except for on German Amazon Prime. And uh, even then, I tried I tried looking it up through various other very legal means, and uh, they only showed me viruses. So yeah, I got uh, one torrent to work, but it literally took 24 hours to download. This movie- Out of like a 700 megabyte download, so this was pretty fucking slow. This movie barely exists in that Yeah, aspect. seriously. In fact, the only way to pretty much legally find this movie outside of completely illegal other methods is by just buying a DVD copy. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the only way to watch this movie. The um, the runtime of this is 100 minutes. It had a budget of $5 million. Oh, shit. Does anyone want to take a stab at that box office gross? Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm going to go kind of low here. So I'm going to say it was... Probably around the state of Wisconsin's population, so about five point eight million dollars. Okay, you want to say uh, 
let's see. Lion King did 1.6 uh, billion, so this Whoa. probably did 1.2 billion. Damn, that's pretty good. Uh, box office gross of fifteen thousand and seventy eight dollars. Shit, oh, cool. goddamn. Uh, so these. Uh, I also love how every Fred Durst movie is in the red. Yeah, uh, this true. It, well, I will say this one. <laughs> we don't know for sure about the fanatic. Maybe at a budget less than three thousand dollars. I doubt it. <laughs> uh, but this movie at least just barely broke minimum wage salary in the United States if you're working yeah. 40 um, hours uh, damn, dude. full-time. But everybody got paid under minimum wage, so. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and I and just... Also, another fun fact, this movie made 0.3% of its budget back. <laughs> uh, just is, to... is that the lowest rate we've seen so far of a movie? I think Deadfall might be up there, but... Oh, yeah, fair enough. But yeah, this movie um, is pretty... Did not make a lot Although I think Deadfall might have had a slightly smaller budget. No, so. it had like a $10 million budget. That's yeah okay. I, I'd have to listen back to remember to confirm, but so I, I think that fall might have had the worst yeah. rating so far for like you know return. But yeah, uh, on the tomato meter, this got forty eight percent from critics. That's Rotten Tomatoes, forty five percent from audiences. So that's only a three percent difference. So yeah, pr- pretty comparable. Uh-huh. The audience and critics Everybody's both agree the that this page. movie is meh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, you can get a copy of the Education of Charlie Banks on DVD from Amazon. For eight ninety seven plus three ninety nine shipping, but there is only one left in stock. Oh shit! <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, to the first lucky listener who listens to this episode and goes out to buy it, it's uh, <laughs> it's not eligible for Amazon Prime, but you can get it in a week. Huh? Okay, two. And also, I was going to say, Mike, uh, what are the illustrious trivia facts for this film? Um, let me tell you something. They don't exist. <laughs> Just um, kind of like this movie almost doesn't. It, yeah, this movie don't, almost fact, doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, obviously this is before Jesse Eisenberg was anybody, uh, but the fact that there's like a a movie in his Rolodex that is is like this hard to find, like given his success in, in everything that he's been in since, you'd think that like some asshole would... Uh, is, this is only two years before Zombieland, which I think of as his breakout role. Or was Zombieland 2009? I think it was 2009. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, literally like two years away from like a pretty popular movie and you just can't find this fucking movie like anywhere. Yeah. I was shocked when the torrent worked for God's sakes. I think maybe uh, when Mark Zuckerberg heard this kid was going to be playing him in a movie, he just scrubbed this movie off the internet entirely. Well, I think so. I think this was like a fucking like, okay, we got to get this movie out of existence somehow. Like that's yeah. really how it felt. And the, the well, we'll get into the movie a little bit, but I don't think the movie's that bad. <laughs> like it's not that yeah, bad to I mean, get erased from existence. It's, uh, it, I mean, it's, it's not a, a movie that I'm going to, you know. I bet there's some like teenage kid who would watch this at like 16 and be like, hell yeah. And it might like kind of shape yeah. their personality. Well, you know what? How, how, about, life, how about we get into the plot synopsis here so we don't okay. spoil too much? This of our was opinion. my super bad. Yeah, this well, is my super bad. My plot summary might need some filling in because this is a hard <laughs> okay. movie to summarize. So if you don't mind, I'll go into the plot synopsis. Okay. So this movie begins sometime in the, what, like 70s-ish, I think? It's got to be just based off the way people are dressed. Yeah, and um, there's a school bus full of white children who are awed by the existence of black people playing sports, Yeah, uh, which yeah. is cool and totally not uh, weirdly fetishizing. Well, at all. when you think um, about it, it's pretty crazy how talented some of them can be. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. Dr. J has um, been dunking too. And then, and then you see a kid uh, with a '70s bowl cut just beating the fuck out of a kid on a basketball court, and a girl's just like, "Oh, you're so cute." And then Jesse Eisenberg, as a child, is like, "Damn, that guy's so fucking cool." And then uh, it fast forwards to them in high school, where Jesse Eisenberg uh, and John Ritter are at a party together. 
Yeah. Now, at this party, you know, Jesse Eisenberg's a little awkward. He doesn't oh, exactly oh. know what to do. We should say that Jesse Eisenberg is Charlie Banks, the titular yes, yes, yes. Yes, Char- you are Charlie Banks. He is Charlie Banks. Chuck Banks. For and uh, is John Ritter Mick? Yes, he's Mick, yes. Okay. Uh, not that kind of Mick. I think a different kind of Mick. Okay. But it could be that kind of Mick, too. Um, but they're at a party, and, and Charlie's a little, a little awkward. He doesn't really know what to do. You know, just kind of be like, oh, I'm at a party. And then everyone, of course, just making out and fucking each other. I feel like this This is really funny because we watched a movie recently, uh, Fast Times Regiment High, where underage people are just fucking constantly. And this movie starts with that. Oh. So I don't believe Fred Durst was a pedophile, though, because he, he saw it and he's like, I'm not going to pay attention to it. I'm just going to move on. Yeah. See, this is done in a way that doesn't fetishize and center it. Yeah. And uh, that's at least better. So it at least acknowledges that young people are having sex, but it doesn't focus on it, which is the way you should <laughs> do things. So <laughs> uh, but he's going through the house at this house party and he's like, cool, whatever. Um, and he goes up and goes to the bathroom and for whatever reason, John Ritter, Mick and a couple girls and a couple of the people are hanging out in the bathtub. I don't know why, but they're hanging out in a bathtub drinking and John Ritter thinks it's fun to, uh, vandalize the bathroom yeah. with graffiti for some reason. He just seems like a shithead. <laughs> like yeah. John Ritter's just a shithead in this movie. And he's Mick a, is shithead. Just a shithead. He's making um, out with two separate. Well, he's making out with one girl, and another girl walks in and is like, "Hey!" And then they all cuddle up. Yeah, and and John yeah, Ritter, to be fair, John Ritter's a good-looking man, but uh, I don't think any man is good-looking enough to uh, get away with that bullshit when you're that lame and you have nothing to offer to humanity. Yeah. But anyways, uh, John Ritter gets into a fight on top of the roof with two jocks, beats the fucking shit out of them with like a fucking beer bottle, and then stomps their faces afterwards. Yeah, just savage. Just like savage beating. And then uh, Jesse's like, uh, or I'm sorry, John Jesse, Charlie, Charlie. I'll keep referring to him as Charlie, even though Jesse Jesse uh, Banks, Jesse Jesse Banks, yes, yeah, Jesse uh, Banks. But yes, Secret uh, Charlie Charlie Jesse sees Banks. this going on. He's like, I'm gonna call the police. So he narc? does. He's a narc. Yeah, he does call the police, and he's going to try to get him on attempted murder charges, which is totally justifiable because he almost murdered those two guys he did yeah uh so it's a justifiable uh defense but uh charlie banks at the last second kind of chickens out and doesn't pursue it and he said you'll 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 you know you're gonna regret this blah blah blah. you need to stand up blah 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 and charlie's like yeah whatever i'll we'll figure it out later the movie then fast forwards to charlie banks at college mm-hmm. which where are they going it's somewhere it's in like the somewhere Northeast. in new york state or something or like connecticut or some shit yeah. it's, it's somewhere We're in the going northeast to utica brother yeah, they they were from New York, and they keep saying like he up north here, and yeah, so it was probably like upstate or like you know fucking Connecticut or something. Yeah, I, I feel like it's somewhere in like yeah, it's probably Connecticut or Vermont or yeah. somewhere. And, it, and this movie's kind of like a, a kid on the wrong side of the tracks because Mick grew up in a poor environment, whereas Charlie and all of his friends are all like rich kids. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's kind of that sort of like class dichotomy in this movie as well. Is it, I don't think Charlie's a rich kid. He's probably like upper middle class. No, I they, they like. kind of showed his like I think they showed like his upbringing. He's like yeah, upper middle class kind of like like he's upper middle enough. class. He you know honestly that's one thing that I'm going to say in this movie actually does all of his friends are rich as shit yeah, All of his friends are rich as shit. This movie does directly reference The Great Gatsby at one point, and I feel like it's trying to pull themes from The Great Gatsby. Um, about uh, you know he's he's the insert of uh, Nick Carraway I think is his name the main character of the great Jack Kerouac yeah yeah Jack Kerouac um he was on the road and in the Great Gatsby but like uh, he's the middle class dude who's like you know a little devolved from the lives of rich people and like views the lives of rich people and like the carelessness of certain individuals which we'll get into and uh, Mick is supposed to kind of be uh, Jay Gatsby. 
Uh, although J- uh, Mick isn't actually rich, he's just kind of like, you know, it's like that nouveau riche versus old money type shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's this movie parallels The Great Gatsby in a lot of ways, but also like makes out Mick to be a villain. And I, I don't know. It's it's not a perfect parallel, but there are a lot of things. And then there. They, they do they do directly reference it. So I think they're trying to make some parallels with that. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, I didn't mean to. Go no, no, it's OK. And, and the movie fast forwards to uh, so the, this movie's had like two fast forwards in the span of like 15 minutes, which is weird. Uh, movies don't usually do that, uh, yeah. <laughs> but they all go to college and Charlie and his childhood friend are dorming together at a college in the northeast of America, somewhere probably in New York State or Connecticut or some shit. Yeah, uh, somewhere Mark Wahlberg committed a hate crime. Yeah, exactly. And if you're <laughs> committing hate crimes, we're going to talk about Mick in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, but they're all having fun. They're getting drunk at bars because back in the day you could get drunk at bars at 18. So cool. The, the, the past was so much better in a lot of ways. This is pre yeah. Nancy Reagan. Yeah. They should lower the drinking age and the age of consent. Uh, li- listen, I know you've been reading too much Cameron Crowe lately. Okay, <laughs> um, I do kind of agree with the drinking age, but the, 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 sorry, but, I'm, a, I'm a libtard, uh, libertarian uh, retard. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> oh man, but uh, <laughs> I bet Mick is a libertarian. I'll be honest, he he kind of reminds me of a guy who'd be a libertarian. But anyways, I'm yeah. we keep getting distracted. So uh, they're all having fun, whatever. Uh, uh, Charlie has a crush on a girl named Mary who is doing a report on Mein Kampf for some reason. Yeah. I think she's a Nazi. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. the school. I don't know this... what's going on there. Um, <laughs> she's. They asked, actually asked her not to do it, but she's like, I really want to. I do think this. she's literally like, I'm taking German class, so I'm reading Mein Kampf, which is like, I don't like, think any German class and, would make you read Mein Kampf. I yeah. took a German like, class uh, in college, and uh, that definitely didn't happen. As a person <laughs> who is a leftist and trans, so I would have been killed by Hitler for. A multitude of reasons. I do think there are things to be gleaned from Mein Kampf in terms of like learning about propaganda and how it is pushed towards individuals. But no one like would that. do that for a but, college paper. Yeah, doing that for a college paper is a little weird. I mean, they, they are rich, so they probably would be Nazis, to be honest. Yeah, they probably, uh, honestly, they're not that far from Nazis in terms of ideology. <laughs> they just probably aren't comfortable with talking about the racist aspects of it. Yeah, oh, man. yeah and just as a, uh, Jess, you're a big uh, lover of Mein Kampf. Um, oh, Taylor and I feel oh, yeah. uh, it's a bit problematic. Um, but, you know, yeah. to, you know, it's fine. For yeah, absolutely. Okay. Oh, um, shit. But, but, but after this, yeah. Wait, also, um, is she like the daughter of a senator or something? Yeah, yeah. They, okay. they make reference to that. Like, So yeah. there's like they're, – they're, they're American aristocracy essentially as well, mm-hmm. which makes sense because that's kind of where the American aristocracy started was in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then unbeknownst to us, and we would have never guessed this, Mick shows up again. Dun, dun, dun. <sighs> and he's showing fuck? up – he's showing up for a quote-unquote short while – just so he, things can kind of cool down in New York City. Because he, he didn't do anything in New York City, by the way. He just wanted to take a vacation up north, spend some time with some old friends he hasn't seen since high school. And the last time he saw them, he almost murdered two people. Mm, you know, just kind of cool people stuff. You know what I mean? Um. <laughs> I know what you did two summers ago. And what I'm doing this summer is I'm coming back to smash some pussy. And uh, there's a little bit of a love love situation going because even though uh, Charlie is a, a giant uh, pussy and won't tell Mary directly about how he feels until later on in an extremely creepy way. And Mick right, and Mick right away is just like you could. <laughs> and l- listen, listen, Mac, er, l- Mick is macking on fucking Mary right away. He's like, you know what? You're fucking cute. I'm gonna get you. Like it's to like, suck cute your titties you're, here. You're cute. I want you. Yeah, <laughs> he's just know. he's just going fucking nuts on her. Um, which is cool, right? And they they start to develop a little bit of a bond. 
because uh, of course, I mean, who wouldn't want to fuck uh, somebody who's clearly not a monstrous piece of shit like Mick? Right. Uh, yeah. As we all know, women only like douchebags. Yeah. <laughs> nice guys, uh, they never really get a chance. And so. Charlie is the nicest guy of all time. Yeah. I mean, and very charming. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, and they, they kind of go through college a little bit. You know, uh, Mick just sits in college classes. I didn't even know you could like do that. He's not going to college, but you can. You don't have to pay for it. You can just and... go to the classes. Yeah, that's, that's then, how it works. And then right? You don't have uh, to take the test. Yeah, um, and there's a little interesting scene in between it where a college professor uh, has a lecture on the banality of evil. Yes, and oh guess my what? God. And guess what? That professor looks a lot like Nick Cage. Uh, all I gotta say about this is <laughs> it looks a lot like Nick Cage. <laughs> I love the banality of evil. Uh, I have read that book. It's by Hannah Arendt. Uh, very good book. You should look it up. It's called uh, Eichmann in Jerusalem, uh, A Report on the Banality of Evil. And that, That's not the way they were talking about. They were talking about the concept of the banality of evil. So. Which they were, but they were also kind of re- they were talking about the book and then mm, reference I don't think and so. they take it to different ways and I don't know if I interpret that quite as much. Um, sorry, I could go on a, a very long, what's the word? I don't know. Oh, like a rant. Sex. Yeah, a little rant about the banality of evil but the, like the essence of <laughs> Of the banality of evil is that uh, some of the people who carry out the most evil aspects of society do so in a very boring way where they may or may not even realize the evils that they're carrying out. Which is objectively and very true. Very true. I agree with all <laughs> yes. of that. Like, seriously. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, but I, I did think it was funny true. that Nick Cage uh, showed up in this movie to do a college lecture. He like, made you, his first Fred Durst cameo. Like, if, seriously, if you look, if you like go and rewind, he looks like a late stage Nick Cage. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, well, just while we're on the subject, I want to say that uh, um, one of the things that I found was uh, referenced a lot in this movie is a book that I've read. Uh, I really enjoyed called uh, "Green Eggs and Ham." Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, so <laughs> okay, yes, I sound like a pretentious check, asshole, uh, check, but I am a little bit. Check that one God out damn it. too. Oh fuck! All right, so there, there's some of that stuff going on. He's like, he's just hanging out with these cool people. Uh, Mick is, and uh, about halfway through the movie, they decide to take a private plane to one of their rich friends' mansions. And they uh, all, yeah, I think it's called the Lolita Express. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I feel like to be fair, Jeffrey Epstein would be friends with these losers. Oh, yes, sure. absolutely. He's at least friends with their parents. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> he's friends. Oh, he's friends with their parents. With a certain uh, senator, yes. Yeah. Um, he's bought but, these kids. But, <laughs> um, but they're all partying. They're having a good time. They're having like fucking polo or something. I don't know. Yeah, what the some fuck rich they're doing. kid croquet. Shit. Yeah, croquet. That's it. Croquet yeah. polo. It's oh, fuck. They're doing water polo. I mean, they're they are next to the ocean. Um, at this and cool if I had mansion. rich friends, I'd be doing so much and, fucking uh, polo. And, and Mick finally puts the real moves on Mary. And before they fuck, uh, Charlie and Mary go into a hot tub together. And Charlie admits to Mary that he jacks off to her all the time. I don't know. Uh, I feel like he tried to play it off as a joke, but it just doesn't. That was not. I don't know. I think all fucking weird. He also that. like mentions mind confident, which I didn't realize she was writing a report on mind confident until you mentioned it. I was just like, why did he bring up mind confidence? <laughs> He's like, listen, I, I jack off to you and I'm also a Nazi. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it was weird. Um, but then, uh, you know, he's he's trying to pull the moves. She's clearly like, oh, you're so whatever. Whatever, Charlie. You silly boy. And then John Ritter takes off his clothes and he's like yo mary i'm fucking here and oh, then you yeah, see he literally gets naked they're all naked in the hot tub uh charlie and mary and he literally gets naked and comes between them he literally <laughs> slides well, you know, you know what's amazing <laughs> right is that john ritter has the smallest ass i've seen in a while that dude's ass is like like molecules big 
He's got no cheeks at all. He ain't clapping. Wait, is it John Ritter or Jason Ritter? Oh, sorry, Jason Ritter. I keep calling him John Ritter. I keep no, Jason Ritter. Because I was like, no, John Ritter was long dead by the yeah, time. Yeah, John Ritter is dead. Uh, all right, audience, replace John Ritter with Jason Ritter. Jason. <laughs> Gravity Falls Ritter. So, but anyways, uh, Jason Ritter has the tiniest button existence. It's like he has no cheeks. Okay, it's, he has like one cheek. Yeah, he's, he's got yeah. a butt with, with one cheek. Look, he's like he's, he's got a, okay. He's he's, he's got he's got a Hank Hill that. ass going he's, on. He's got the little Hank Hill chill yeah. ass. Yeah, he's got like that that uh that that, that syndrome that like uh, some overweight people have that were like really big but they have no ass. Uh, I can't Stop remember. it! I need to do squats. Stop <laughs> making me self conscious. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but anyways, he gets in the no pool, ass. and I swear to God, you can see a frame of his nutsack just like Zandali. Uh, <laughs> a lot of I callbacks miss- to Zandali. <laughs> yeah, in this I mean there are definitely some comparisons to Zandali. I feel in this movie because there's a love triangle with a horrifically abusive man and a woman. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there you know, uh, and then finally. Mick puts the moves on Mary, and uh, Mary's Mary in her underwear. She's looking pretty cute in this movie. I like that scene, and and John Ritter's front is a lot better than his back. I'll just say that he's he's kind of cute in the front. Yeah, when I saw Mary, I was like, "Whoa, is she in Twin Peaks?" Because I'd like to take a look at those Twin Peaks. Yeah. Hey, she must have been <laughs> in Twin Peaks. All Twin right. Peaks. And I put it in my note that uh, Mick Mick cucks Charlie, which isn't entirely fair because they were never in a relationship in the first place. But close well, enough. Honestly, okay, and this is going to be a bit of a hot take and a hard stance that I'm going to take. But if you've ever jacked off to a girl, it's your girlfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Are you taking prob boy rules now? Is that how <laughs> if uh, if you've ever come to the image of a lady, that's your lady. I think so too. So like yeah. porn stars. Uh, I mean, like like yeah. I said, dude, Are I was they talking all about, in a relationship with like, her at once. I mean, or, like I said, yes. we're talking about Miseducation Laura Hill and the Education of Charlie Banks. Let's just do the combo and let's make a porn parody called The Education of Sarah Banks. Let's make it happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I mean, I'm disappointed with myself for knowing that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm glad you and I get the reference. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, <laughs> afterwards they're done with the party after uh, Jess, uh, Jesse after Charlie gets cocked, of course. Uh, then they have a spring formal, which the spring formal they have like some pretentious thing about. Oh, it's fucking! I, I would I can't believe I went to a spring oh, formal like college. Part, there's a character that's been showing up a lot named Leo that I don't think we've mentioned yet, and I didn't really mention him. Or- in my notes either but oh, oh yeah. yeah leo is the stereotypical frat boy asshole. yeah he, he's the guy who owned that mansion we were talking about earlier. yes this or is, is uh is dead, so yeah. like in the great gatsby he talks a lot about careless reckless people who do you know like they don't care about whose lives they throw show up in and ruin and this is definitely um the husband of daisy is leo even though in this story it's uh mary and leo i think are brothers and sister uh, but yeah, he's he's kind of the 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 husband of Daisy insert here. Uh, I'm sorry. What? What? I I, I, I I believe you're playing porn. Oh, yeah, I, I just wanted to. Uh, I couldn't remember who Sarah Banks was. Oh, you found okay. out. Good. I'm glad. Sorry. <laughs> Okay. I thought we were going to save that for later during our circle, Jerk. What? <laughs> I'll send you the link. I was going to say, I feel like we're definitely coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, don't cut that. Come on. I, I didn't even go into incognito mode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fuck it. 
All right. So they, go, they, go, they go to spring formal. Uh, they're partying. Uh, Charlie uh, dances with a girl, and he's got some good moves. No, well, this uh, is an important thing. To get into the spring formal, all the rich kids are like, I'm not fucking paying for that. Yeah, yeah. $20 at the door? Hell no. Even though, you know, like, they literally buy a yacht for $200,000, like, later in the movie. It's stated. They uh, get in there by Leo, the, the careless rich guy, like, charms. Uh, a girl into getting the keys from her and he unlocks it and that girl is going to lose her job if the key is lost oh, and yeah. Leo loses the fucking key. Yeah, so, and so and that, that is an important point to bring up in the fact that uh, rich people are immoral pricks. Yeah, well, that uh, is actually kind of one of the messages of this movie. That's it's like a, generalization a subtle I can get behind. Yeah, it's a Classism subtle message. in that way is good. Yes. Um, but yes, they're at the spring formal really that they basically message, but... fucking finagled a poor girl out of her job essentially, to get in. Uh, so Charlie, getting somebody fired for a $2.70 breakfast. Yeah, literally. It's, yeah. It's, that, it's that level bad, basically. Um, but well, you it's know, worse than that, frankly, as far as I'm concerned. No. He, he dropped $20,000, like, you know, like, as a hat or whatever the phrase goes. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. the drop of a hat. You dropped a hat for $20,000. $200,000. said won't 20, honey. pay $20 at the door to fucking get in... Yeah, has no, to it's, swindle it's, it's and make someone shit. lose their job and thus their scholarship to college. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, it's um, some it's some horrible shit. Um, yeah, but yeah, like I said, Charlie and Mick are so, going on the dance floor. Charlie's dancing and shit, and then about at the end of the dance, uh, you know, Charlie and Mick are talking. They they kind of create quite a friendship throughout this movie, and then Charlie drops a bombshell that he was the one who almost put Mick in prison. Well, just just out of nowhere, you know. There's definitely some things going on. Uh, you know, Mick is talking about going to school because, you know, Mick definitely seemed like the studious type. <laughs> um, and then after uh, Charlie admits that he almost put Mick in prison, a guy jumps off the fucking uh, <laughs> the roof of this this fucking building for some reason and nearly yes. dies. And the dude is ranting about uh, Jacques uh, Derrida, which I, I look, I'm a pretentious asshole. This movie tried its hardest to to play into people <laughs> like me, okay? And, like, he, he's ranting about Derrida, and I'm like, cool. Like, yeah, like, Derrida, I like to see him reference. And then he almost <laughs> kills, and he kills himself, he tries to kill yeah, himself. Yeah, and then he tries to uh, kill himself. But, which, uh, that was like, Which, if you're really fuck? into postmodernism, you probably want to kill yourself, so. I like, mean, I feel I, like every person our age wants to kill themselves. Yeah. But that's not like, And a lot of people like um, us would probably be really into postmodernism yeah, if they read it. I and then, uh, and then uh, the next morning, Postmodernism and kill myself. <laughs> and then the next morning after the party, Mick and Leo and Mary and uh, the other girl, I can't remember her name at the moment, are all walking back to their uh, back to their place. And they're like, oh, it was a fun party. And they're all drunk as shit, like hangover, I, hungover, I guess. And, the, you know, the girl that you mentioned earlier who uh, gave Leo the key yeah. is like, hey, where's, where's the key? And then he's like, oh, I'll give it back to you eventually, whatever. And then, of course, he's lying. And yeah, makes her cry fun. and, you know, basically probably helps ruin her life. She said she's going to lose her scholarship and um, have to drop out of college. And then Mick is like, yo, bro, that's fucked up. And then Mick just beats the fuck out of Leo. Which I got to say at this point, I was I was supportive of that. Yeah, frankly. I, it, was, it was the one assault Mick did in this movie where you're like, oh, that actually, that's fine. Yeah, I, I was like, I was okay with that. Everyone gets super mad at him. It's like, you overreact. And it's like, no, no, this guy carelessly ruined another person's life to save $20 when he just yeah. a while ago when he dropped literally, a, a fifth of a million dollars. When he literally lives in an Oceanside mansion for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like, he can afford 20 mm. bucks, but... Um, and then as well, uh, you know, he becomes violent and everyone's like, yo, Mick, yo, Mick, what the fuck? What the 
Fun. <laughs> yes. And uh, uh, he tries to make amends with Mary, and she's like, yo, fuck you. I literally just saw you violently assault somebody, even though he deserved it. So I don't want to be around you, which is a, a totally understandable thing for a woman not to want to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And well, then I will say, yeah, if if your partner will violently assault somebody uh, that quickly, it is scary and you don't want to yeah, be around that. It probably. sounds terrifying. <laughs> even uh, even if then, they did deserve it. And then uh, I don't remember how they found out. Uh, was it through a newspaper or something? But they basically find out that Nick killed somebody in New York City. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not entirely sure why uh, Charlie's friend throughout the movie who's been very sympathetic to Mick, his his roommate in the dorm, is trying to be sympathetic, saying like, oh, you know, it was a fucking accident. The guy fucked with him or whatever. And Charlie's like, no, that's probably not true because he violently assaults people all the time with the drop of a hat. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's entirely true, which I'm kind of taking more Charlie's side because uh, that sounds totally in character for Mick to just randomly murder somebody because he literally did that a couple of years ago. Almost in that case. Um, so, yeah, they're trying to figure out like, oh, what the fuck? Where's Mick? Blah, blah, blah. And Mick was able to convince Mary to go on a, a boat that uh, – was I think it was Leo's boat, wasn't it? Yeah, Leo's. Yeah, Leo's two hundred thousand dollar yacht. That yeah, he just to, to hang out that, with, which I've mentioned like three times now. Yeah, yeah. I hate Leo as a character. No, he's a shit character. Him. I fucking hate him. He's a shit character. Um, but yes, uh, they go on the boat together, and you know him and him and Mary, I think, get a little drunk, and uh, she decides not to pursue his advances, and he assaults her. Before this whole scene happens, Charlie is able to figure out where they're at, and Charlie gets to Mick and Mary before Mick probably murders her. <laughs> yeah, he probably was going to. And uh, Charlie tries to fight back, uh, but he gets his fucking ass beat. And uh, Mick, I guess, in a moment of redemption, I guess, doesn't yeah, kill he, Charlie? He just runs away. Just so. runs away, uh, uh, jumps in the ocean to never be seen again, allegedly alive, which that's not how that works. I would think. Yeah. Uh, well, he jumps in like a harbor that has a river coming out of it. And they say like he probably drifted downstream. And I think they said like he made. Uh, let me find my notes. Whatever. He made his way to somewhere. In the yeah, he's like, like a gutter in New York City yeah. in the criminal underground. No, I think he made his way to the deep south. But oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, either way. Uh, and that's how the movie ends is with Jesse Eisenberg getting assaulted. And uh, a woman who was uh, horribly abused by somebody that she loved less than a couple hours earlier. So this movie has a very satisfying ending, I would oh, say. Yeah. Definitely uh, a movie that I think has a lot of lessons we can – I mean the movie was educating Charlie Banks. Yeah. And it educated um, everybody who watched it, I think. And I know I know, Mike definitely got educated a little bit earlier about inserting somebody online. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yes, that is the movie, The Education of Charlie Banks. The now, Fornication of Sarah Banks. Yeah! I, I, I'm down for that shit. Um, um, so what are your opinions on this movie? And I'll go first. I liked this movie, and I thought this movie, honestly, was a lot better than I was expecting. Yeah, I would say this movie is a lot better than I was expecting. And also a lot more pretentious than you were probably expecting. Yeah, a lot more pretentious than I was expecting. So it appealed to me straight off. <laughs> I love pretension. Um, when when it's done well, which like I when, when pretension is done badly, I hate it. That's why I hate Sonny. That's why I hate Sonny so much. It tried so hard to be so much deeper than it was. But um, this movie, it doesn't perfectly pull off the 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 pretension that it's going for but it, it tries some things that i think are interesting and i have to kind of admire artistic ambition at times 
even if it isn't fully perfectly executed. And in this case, I think it did a fairly good job of what it was trying to do, even if it has stumbles and missteps along the way. And I'm actually rather surprised at the quality of this movie. And um, yeah, especially for I, a five million dollar mm-hmm. budget and some of the people they were able to get, I think they utilized that five million dollars pretty solidly. It, I will say, it feels a little unfocused in its direction. Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't say it's perfect. That. And uh, but overall, I liked this more than I thought I would. I this movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I'm no uh, enemy to things that are pretentious or draw similarities to pretentious things. Um, but that being said, uh, watch anything else but this. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, not interesting in any way, and, uh... I mean, I will be see, honest, if Fred Durst didn't direct this movie, I would probably feel very similar feelings about it. Yeah, I this. mean, Fred Durst, uh, um, as, as a... From just looking at Fred Durst's efforts, uh, in this movie, uh, he's, he's a decent director. Well, that's the thing, uh, is that you have to understand is that the sort of, like you know misunderstood you know fucking outcast that everyone's still cool with but they don't really quite understand i mean that is fred durst that's though. fred durst uh, yeah. at at its heart absolutely um, and i will say like this movie obviously isn't a perfect execution of any of the things i talk about but i do i do appreciate a movie that tries to fit in themes like this i think it could have been a little less on the nose like it didn't need to directly reference the Great Gatsby. No, it did not. Like, and I think I, I think some I of the, left ref- up, yeah. the references are too on the nose and too blatant. Yeah, and just the guy ranting about Derrida before he jumps off. It feels like it's trying to say, like, look at me. I'm smart. I'm smart. And that bugs me a little bit. But I yeah, have to sucks. at least appreciate that they tried to do something nice and interesting yeah. like that. I, yeah. I, I appreciate the fact that Fred Durst <laughs> tried to make something yeah. artistic. If I could force myself to say something nice about this movie, it would probably be that. Uh, <laughs> I love how you have the same opinion of this movie as I basically did of Trapped in Paradise. Like, you fucking suck. You should watch it. Never had the opportunity to read uh, Great Gatsby, and I've never read it of my own volition. But I will say, um, it's only Charlie about Banks, 120 pages. Charlie Banks could beat that fucking asshole Boo Radley's ass uh, any day. Which is, I don't think Jesse Eisenberg <laughs> could beat up a toddler in this movie. Uh, he's, his, he's, he doesn't have noodle arms. He's got like fucking microscopic arms. He's that's a fucking weakling in this movie. <laughs> Um, to be fair in real life too, but definitely in this movie. Yeah. Um, um and that's Lex Luthor for you. So. Yeah. And yeah. also the fact that like like I said, everybody has seen this movie, so I'm surprised yeah. that we're the only people I online mean, who talked about it. Part part of the reason that it's so hard to find this movie is because everybody just assumes we've all seen it, we've hashed it out. And I, I also think that everyone has literally is is like downloading a copy of this movie at all times. So there's just no copies of it online to be able to yeah. be able to down, be downloaded right away. So uh seed that shit. Yeah. Well but, my opinions of this movie, uh read read The Great Gatsby instead. Yes. Uh, also it's actually that, a good book. I know of this that movie, a lot of people have a tendency um, to hate the things they're forced to read in English class, but it's actually a good book. And also uh probably listen to the miseducation of Lauren Hill or uh yeah, listen like, to that. Like Definitely. like Mike oh, did yeah. during the show, uh, look up Sarah Banks on Pornhub. Yeah. <laughs> um she's really hot. She's she's pretty fucking she's hot. she's really pretty hot. hot. She's, she's um, it's uh, pretty clear to me in most of her scenes that she's not enthused by what's going on, and that disappoints me. I mean, is any porn star? I mean, really that's though? my I mean, favorite. Um, yeah, I might just like look, I love, do it. I love a board game. I like porn where both people are clearly enjoying what's happening. <laughs> well, see, here's the. I thing. mean, talk about porn. I mean, Mary. I would have liked to see a porn of Mary. If I wanted both people to be really enjoying sex, I'd just go have it. 
<laughs> Boom! Uh, but Boom, yeah. Um, but either way, talk, talking about sexy and hot things. To to are... summarize, I found both these movies deeply offensive <laughs> in different ways, though. And um, look, this yeah. is not a perfect movie. I'll say that. No, it, it is there not. are a lot of problems um, with it, and it does feel. I think there are similar indie movies from around this time that are a lot better. You know, I one I like to see a movie that shits on rich people. Uh, no, I yeah, do absolutely. like to see that for sure. Um, but and gives them their just fucking desserts. But uh, actually, I like desserts, so give them fucking nothing. <laughs> there are a lot of indie coming of age movies from around this time that are certainly a lot better than this movie was. Yes. But uh, I, I don't know. Uh, it it ingratiated itself. To if me you ever want to watch ways. a Fred Durst movie, this is one of Fred the Durst movies. movies. <laughs> this is one of four that we've talked about. I believe it's the one of only four movies he's ever done. Uh, well, oh, the we this is all four movies. We've he's directed three podcast? movies, and he's been in. He's been a main actor in one movie. So yeah, these are all four of his movies. If Holy I shit. walked into a room and I had two bullets. And in front of me were the DVDs of Population 436, The Long Shots, The Fanatic, and The Education of Charlie Banks. I would put two bullets into the ceiling and say, thank you, Dr. Durst, for these beautiful creations. <laughs> Hell <Yeah>! yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Dave, do you have a summary of uh, The Education of Charlie Banks? Yes, this is exactly what I thought it was. I thought... Okay, here it is. Okay, I got this idea. And, like, what it is, is that we, like, go around the world, like, me and you, and we just, like, like, everywhere we go, and, like, we just, like, climb on the street and hack, and, like, we, like, you know, like, hear me out. Like, me and you are, like, really good hackers, right? We can hack the time, like, all day long, and it's, like, we're awesome. And we, we like, make money on this. It's all like, right. Oh, yeah. It's all right. It was open. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. All right. <laughs> All right. So we're ready for the countdown. <laughs> Dave, are you ready to do the countdown? No. Okay. I'll, I'll do the countdown for this one. All right. Three, two, one. The fanatic. The fanatic. Oh, fuck you both. Yeah. So are you, are you doing the fanatic? I'm going the fanatic. I'm doing the fanatic too. This movie was so much better than that movie uh, yeah, it was. was. But The Fanatic was more enjoyably awful. Um, I would say this actually, the portrayal of the people in The Education of Charlie Banks makes uh, this movie look like um, we're giving autistic people a big hug. It's, 
I don't know about that because like this well, didn't know shit on people with actual like, no, disabilities. No, this Mick, one Mick shit was, on rich people who are assholes. No, and yeah, you, you don't understand. You don't understand. Mick was autistic in this movie. He was very high functioning, so you couldn't tell. Yeah, he didn't and, understand a lot of social mores. Let's be honest. Also, obviously, Moose in the fanatic was rich. So let's. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Look, I, mean, come yeah, on. I mean, come on. Look, this movie had ambition and it tried to do th- the the education of Charlie Banks. It had ambition. It tried to do things that were like interesting yeah, and good. So Whereas the fanatic basically happened. just <laughs> shat on autistic people. And you know, like but I it, support it, it, my autistic siblings. Okay. No, listen, I, I I do in I am kind of on the spectrum myself, so I I do understand that uh, argument. But also, the education of Charlie Banks, uh, even though it did try to do some good things, it is also painfully boring. It's kind of boring, but the fact the that it references doing a lot of work in that the sense. fact that it references a bunch of you know modern and postmodern <laughs> philosophers and like great works of modern literature got me a little excited because the 20th century is my favorite era of yeah. both philosophical thought uh, and yeah. and uh, so uh, literature. So pretty much could, making our point for yeah, us. Be, yeah, well, yeah. you know what. It, <laughs> Fuck you both. <laughs> Y'all overpowered me. Fine. It's, it, you know, now's hey. the time where all of the other things that I have beaten you guys on through, like, outside uh, help is finally coming hey, and back. And don't and let Jess fool you. She loves being overpowered. So, <laughs> uh, look, I can be a sub sometimes. I consider myself a switch. Um, but I consider myself a PS5. All right. But you know what, though? Without further ado and without help from Jess. The fanatic moves on. Hell yeah! To the next moves, fucking moves, 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 moves. And I will say, Jess, do you have the? Uh, no, not for you. Fuck you. No, no. Do you have I the have nothing. Y'all, y'all made a clearly worse movie. Pass <laughs> no, uh, clearly uh, worse. I don't think is fair. <laughs> All right, but Jess, do you have the uh, Fred Durst Friday bracket up? I do. The next one is actually the last thing of the first round before we start Ooh. going into things we've seen before again. All right, and it is seamless. Versus Get Naked. Which are songs that Fred Durst features on. Uh, Seamless is from Angelic to the Core, Corey Feldman's album. Hell yeah! <laughs> what is Get Naked? Oh, I don't know. It's like some problems. Get Naked is just shit. an instructional video that he made. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be like that uh, Kevin, whatever the fuck. Kevin Rudolph song. Kevin right? Can Wait? Yeah, Kevin Wait. <laughs> Here we, we are, we are the We need to talk about Kevin Rudolph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did that song? That song didn't did it. No, it did not. <laughs> what did that go up against? Um, when bleed. Oh, the yeah. Soulfly song. Yeah. Oh, of course. But that is that is the last. This is the last two entries on the first round of the bracket. So that means like we're halfway done. Next episode of the Fred Durst Friday bracket. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're yeah. yeah. That's that's basic. Yeah. That's yeah, because four eight. and then two and one, so mm-hmm. eight out of seven. So yeah. Shit. In fact, we're already like halfway done right now. Damn, that's crazy. So yes, uh, this will be all of us signing off on this illustrious Fred Durst Friday that was not controversial in the least yeah. bit. The uh, education uh, of Charlie Banks is really hard to find, but it is better than the fanatic. We're, I'll say that. Uh, that is, that is a minority opinion. We are three um, fanatic fanatics. In I'm this writing house. the the court's dissent See opinion. You later. Mm. So yes, this is Taylor signing off, and this is Mike. And Jess has left. Bye bye. <laughs>